Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining Pragmatic Podcast with Pipo. I've got a very special guest today, um, a woman that's extraordinary. She's a parent, a professional bodybuilder, a professional in the IT industry, and her story is just amazing. And I am so pleased to introduce her to the world. Uh, Eden, are you with me? Yes, I'm here. Fantastic. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with me. I know how busy you are, so I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Absolutely. All right. Well, so I want to, of course, I know you and I'm very fond of you, but I would like the world to know who Eden is. So if you would uh, take a couple of minutes and introduce yourself to us. Sure. Um, my name is Eden Shafarau Glenn. Um, I, I am just me, um, pretty much a mother, um, a special needs child, mother, um, a fitness freak, gym freak, <laughs> um, I love weight, weightlifting, um, um, competitor. I compete in the figure division in bodybuilding. And I'm also a professional. I'm in the um, IT industry, um, specifically in cyber security. So I go after hackers. So in, that's, that's me. That's Eden Glenn. Wow. Wow. Well, there's a whole lot more to each one. So I want to dig deep a little bit into each category. I think, um, in my opinion, one of your um, most impressive is that you're a mother of a child with special needs. Right. So I want to let the audience know, first of all, uh, you know, I, I advise everyone that's, that this is unfiltered, unscripted. So you're hearing it raw. And I want you to explain to us what that means to you and how that impacts your life. Yes. So, um, my son, he just turned 20. Um, he has autism and my son was diagnosed when he was two years old. Um, you know, going back, um, thinking about the time the when the diagnosis came, it pretty much turned my world upside down. Um, it, pretty much that that's what happened um it was a nightmare um of course you know as a parent um you you don't want to you don't want to hear or you don't want to um you know um let professionals tell you that well your child life is limited um he won't be able to speak he won't be able to function at a normal level or as a neurotypical child um he won't be able to live a normal life so all these verdicts were very 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 rough very very tough so um but i uh, most most parents uh from my experience when that happens we go into denial um i didn't have time to go into denial um, when my my child was diagnosed August 31st, September 1st, my kitchen table was covered with information 
from everywhere that I've been printing, I've been getting. So I just went to work right away. So um, long story short, um, here we are 20 years after. My son, he's still a special needs child. Um, he's high functioning, um, ready to, um, to graduate from high school. Um, he's actually going to post high school um, in about two months. Um, he he loves um, navigation, map. He's very advanced in numbers. He loves numbers, um, birthdays, calculating digits, um, you name it. He is very good um, with numbers. And it, it, it's been very tough. It's been, you know, 20 years. It's been, it's not, it was not easy. There were many tears, many heartaches, many um, anxiety, many things I can think of. Um, and, I, and I'm sure many, many parents can relate to me um, raising a child with special needs. But um, looking back, um, there is no regret. Um, I'm, I'm glad um, I've done what I, I can or what I'm able to do um, because I my my thinking was always um, I don't want to um, I don't want to leave anything behind so that I can regret it in in the future. So um, even if there were many schemes, um, I I wanted to try them. Um, try this one; it's going to cure your child. Try this one. Um, you know, there there's so many things out there back then um, compared to what we have now. So, but I don't regret them. I I'm glad I did them. Um, but my son is here today. Whatever worked for him, whatever did not work, here we are. He's in a better place. So that's my story in a in a short when it comes to autism with my son. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I can only imagine when you said in short, I truly do believe it because every step that you took. I'm sure it was a lifetime. So you can multiply that 20 years times millions of years um, because I know how much hard work it takes and dedication. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, the heartache that you uh, could feel or right. uh, overwhelmed by a certain uh, diagnosis. And that didn't that didn't win. You won and you won for your child. So I commend you for that. Now, you talked about the different types of treatments. And one thing that I want to use this platform for is to empower people, but at the same time, for people to be judicious, right? Because a lot of times parents with a child or children with special needs uh, use that kitchen sink mentality where they may go to even unsafe or unproven methods, right, to try to, quote unquote, fix the child. And uh, over the years, of course, there's been a lot of advancements, a lot of education, a lot of awareness. However, uh, I, you know, I would caution people, right? Be judicious in the treatments. Know your child because every child is different. And especially when you have a special needs child, it, it doesn't mean that every treatment or uh, every treatment someone else went through may work for you. So, that's something that I uh, would caution people. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Do you agree that, you know, you need to look at your child and your child needs and custom tailor uh, the treatments you seek? Or do you believe in doing an any and everything? 
So um, with my experience, um, it's not a one-size-fits-all treatment. Autism is a puzzle and every piece is different. Every, every piece fits different. So my son is unique and the child next to him is unique too. So you have to find what works for you. Um, it, it, it might take longer. Um, in my experience, um, I've been, uh, of course, again, I'll say this again, it's back then, it's not how, or it's not what it is right now. Back then, it's, um, there were so many unproven things or unproven methods of treating um, special needs children. Um, we came so far. So um, what I would say is find what works for your child, um, what works for the other child might not work for you. And it, it might, it's gonna take some time. When I say some time, you're gonna have to try this, you're gonna have to try that. Um, so at the end, you're gonna find what works for your child. Um, it's, it's time consuming, um, you know, financially, mentally, um, everything. It, it just takes everything, but you know, you just have to be strong until you find that what works for your child. Absolutely. And, um, you know, something as you're talking through this, of course, you know, a lot of things are going through my mind um, and how you're able to navigate. And I think that's how we came to this podcast, right? How you're able to navigate your hectic schedule. And of course, we'll explain what we mean by hectic and it's quite extraordinary. So I want to talk about what your day looks like, because on top of being a single parent, you're a single parent, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So on top of that, you are also a professional bodybuilder. And knowing what I know of you and your regimen, one wouldn't think that you'd be a parent, be a professional bodybuilder, which is a full time gig. You know, if anyone knows you, you know, you're very dedicated to that. And on top of that, you have a profession. That's very demanding, which we'll spend a lot of time on that as well. So uh, being a woman in the IT field, um, I've heard a lot of, you know, different types of feedback mm -hmm. and feelings. And, and we'll, we'll spend some time talking about that. But tell me, how do you structure your day? We'll talk in detail about the bodybuilding and the uh, profession. But how do you structure your day? What does a day in your world look like? Um, so it's hectic. Yes. Um, I get up early in the morning. Um, currently I'm off season, off season, meaning I'm not prepping. I'm not, uh, I'm not preparing for a competition. So it's a little easier. So I get, get up in the morning, get my son ready for school. That's about like, um, 5.45, 6 o'clock that I get up in the morning and then, um, of course, with COVID, we're working from home. So my day starts about eight o'clock in the morning. That is work, my work schedule. And I am doing my, my work until five, 5.30, depends on what we have. And then, um, and then head to the gym. Uh, my son is, in, um, he's independent right now. Um, he, can, he can do many things um, for, by himself. He can make 
um, light meals, he can, you know, hygiene stuff, he can take a shower, get ready, does his homework by himself. So um, I also have an assistant or someone that comes in, help with him, we call them technicians. So I have that aid from an agency. So um, that that's a, a tremendous help. So when I go to the gym, um, depends on what day the technician is at home. So I, I get to train. Um, my training looks like um, if I'm close to a show, that's like seven days a week, twice a day, um, early in the morning, five o'clock, and then followed by another weight training, um, five o'clock to six o'clock in the morning, followed by another an hour of cardio. So that's really time consuming and very taxing. So um, right now um, I'm off season, so I don't have to do twice a day workout. So that gives me a little time, you know, I get home about eight o'clock. So I, I make sure that we always have dinner together with my son. And also we have two households. Um, my son, my son's father or my ex-husband, we have another, that's his household. So uh, we share custody, but when my son is with me, um, I'm a single mother. Um, I just want to make sure that sometimes, you know, people say, well, um, you have two households. You don't, you don't consider yourself a single mother. Well, when you're, when your child is at home, you do everything. I'm the household, so um, I don't get any help. I have to plan everything for my son, for my life, for my son's life and everything. So um, it's we still fall under a single parent, you know, so to speak. So, um, and I get to I get to be at home about eight eight thirty. So I make sure that we have dinner together. That's when I get to talk to my son how his day is. Um, um, listen to his jokes. He likes to make jokes. Um, um, anything we talk about. So that's just an hour I have with my son. And then off he goes, you know, whatever he wants to do, watch TV or be on his um, tablet or laptop or anything. And um, I don't stay up. Um, I love to sleep. <laughs> whatever chance I get, um, I, I, I make sure that I get enough sleep. So um, we go to bed early, about 9.45, 10 o'clock. We are in bed um, because we get up early. So that is my day looks like. Um, currently, I am also taking a class. Um, this is an advanced class that's going to give me another additional two certificates. So I'm with American University. That's like twice a week, um, including occasional Saturdays. I have a class. So that tends to take some some time as well. But again, I'm off season, so that plays out okay. So hopefully I answer your question. Oh, you've answered it and even, you know, surprised me even more. Um, didn't know you were taking uh, a course or, you know, additional certification. So that just goes to show that when you have that level of dedication, you can accomplish a whole lot. And I think you're um, a very good example of that. And I think you'll empower people. Another thing that I loved that you used, which is the same thing I used when I described this show uh, on the script, is that a parent. And I truly believe that there is no gender-based roles. Um, you do it all. Um, I mentioned that in one of my podcasts. So 
you're absolutely right. You're a parent, a single parent, so you're having to hold it down no matter what it is. So I commend you for that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, your job. Uh, you're in the IT field, right? Information technology. Right. Um, I hear a lot, right? Um, Silicon Valley, uh, as they refer to it, uh, lacks uh, diversity mm -hmm. uh, from uh, not having enough women in the roles, uh, mm -hmm. not because women don't want that job, but it may not be afforded to them as it does for men. Uh, I hear there's a lack of diversity as it involves, uh, you know, just black people, period. Mm -hmm. uh, so is this true? Is there any validity to it? And tell me about your job a little bit first, and then we'll go into, you know, if what we hear is true or not. Sure. So I'm a um, senior cybersecurity engineer. Um, as you know, cybersecurity is broad um, um, just to just to just to shorten it, it's pretty much um, protecting. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a contractor, so I work for a government um, comp, uh, uh, well, Department of Justice. That's where I work, and I'm a contractor there. So my job is pretty much uh, protecting um, government systems from being hacked. So it, it, it sounds very light or very simple, but it, it, it involves a lot of level of layers of security, providing layers of security. So that's what I do. Um, your second question is if it is, if there's any diversity. Um, yes, that is absolutely true. Um, it's not diverse at all. Um, for example, where I am, um, um, in my department, um, the only female that I work with, many male. Um, so as they say, um, IT is, um, I don't know how to say it, but they, they, they say something like IT is man's world. So they men kind of like own it. So the majority of the professionals in IT world are men. So you, when you are a woman at that level, you're unique. And sometimes that's not welcomed by many men and in my experience. Um, so you, you, are, you are expected to fit in this box. Um, you can do anything else. Um, you can be anything else, but men supposed to do the IT stuff, um, very technical part and everything. So, um, so that's not um, sometimes welcomed. So you get a pushback. You get you get kind of looked down sometimes. Um, like what do you know? Type of treatment. So you just have to survive that. So that's another challenge we have. Um, yeah. So the, yes, that is, that is tough as well. Yeah. And this is very timely as well, right? Uh, this being, uh, women's, uh, history month. And, you know, of course, uh, recently in the news, the, uh, Supreme court nominee 
the questioning and um, of that nominee and everything that uh, is being talked about is relevant to what you and I are talking about, right? So you see the disparities in, um, in, in treatments or having that diverse and inclusive culture. So this is right on point. So what do you recommend to young professionals that want to get into that field, um, IT field? What do you, uh, you know, what would you suggest that they do? What would you, what worked for you? Um, so go for it. There's no holding back. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a very interesting field. Every day is something new. You'll never get bored. Um, there's always, um, a chance to be advanced. So it's a very interesting field for me. So, um, don't let it, don't let anything hold you back. Don't let this myth about it's a men's world. Um, you're not going to survive there. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be too technical. All that is not going to work. Um, you just have to be very strong and then, you know, push back, go for it. And um, one thing I can say is you will never get bored. I'll say it again. You will, you know, it's a very interesting field. And um, just like anything, there's challenge to it. Yes, absolutely. Um, is it doable? Yes, it's doable. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. So I, I would say simply go for it. Great advice. Great advice. So now let's talk about the bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. So walk me through what this means. I know you compete professionally. I know it takes a lot of your time, a lot of dedication, hard work. So expand on that. Um, First, how did you get into bodybuilding? Was this something that you are, you were always interested in or was there something that connected you to it or was it an outlet? So tell me how you got into bodybuilding. Yeah. So, um, I always have a passion for fitness, even at the young age. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of resources back home when I was growing up. And I, I remember there was this program. Um, the fitness instructor, his name was Gurmacharu or Gurmacharu, and he, he used to have a show, a very short show, about like 15 or 20 minutes, um, where he instru instruct people how to do exercises. So I used to look forward to that in every day at six o'clock in the, in the evening. That's when the, the program used to come up. So I used to wait for that and enjoy that 15, 20 minutes with him. And um, I used to run a lot. Um, I used to lift side by side, but I tend to, I got into long distance running at one point of time. And I completed many marathons, full marathons um, like Nike, um, the International Peace Day, Abdullahikila Day. Um, those are a few marathons that I completed yearly. And there were times that I used to run full marathon three times a year. So, um, but I always wanted to get into bodybuilding. It's just something about the weightlifting. Um, and I also wanted to break this taboo about women should not lift weights. Women should not look like men or women shouldn't have 
muscle. So I, I, it, it just used to, it just used to wreck my nerve, you know, it's like, why, you know what I mean? Why, why do they want us to fit in this box? It's like, this is for men. This is for women who say that, you know what I mean? Why can I be that? Why can I lift weight and then build my body? Why can I just be disciplined and then again, build the body? Because building takes time. It's not just something, um, for example, if you want to have a good, um, a, a good um, or a very strong building or a house, um, so to speak, the foundation is important so that, that that's the first thing you do is make sure that the foundation is solid and build well so bodybuilding is like that you're building slowly from the ground up it, it's not just overnight it's not just it takes two three months and then boom you have it no it takes years um it comes with it the dedication the discipline uh motivation whatever is going to motivate you it, it can be from within, it can be something, um, you know, whatever works for you. So I always consider myself, especially, you know, being a child, a, a mother of um, a special needs child, I have that um, discipline and dedication. That is, you know, one of the blessing in disguise, I can say, in autism, you know, he taught me, it, it taught me that to be a very disciplined, strong mother. So I wanted to use that also towards bodybuilding um, when you build your body um, it's not only the discipline but there's so many things comes with it uh, the diet the you know the amount of time you spend the the patience you know you're not gonna see um, what you're building in six months or you know it might take longer so do you have that mentality do you have that patience so it's just, you know, there's so many layers to it that comes with it. So I want to I wanna break that taboo. And then I said, I want to do it. So from running, I, I, you know, change the channel or I change my, um, how can I say this? Start lifting weight more. I was lifting weight, but not as much. But now I started lifting weight and I started um, competing close to two years now, but it took me at least a good five years to build. It was not easy. Um, it was not easy. Um, I consider myself um, hard gainer. Hard gainers are, they take longer to build muscle. And then um, I'm very lean. So it took me some time to build. Um, the road was very tough, you know, frustration. Um, there were times that many times that I want to just quit and then say, hey, let me just go back to what I know, which is running. But I, I, I refused. I, I refused. So I came with a lot of price, um, dedication, discipline. Um, I know I, I just repeat myself like a broken record. I say discipline, motivation, um, you know, persistence and all that. But all that helped me to be where I am today that that's amazing and um I, I think a couple of things that you said um one was you wanted to break the taboo and also um you know a woman should not look like a man well you know 
for people that know you, obviously they know you look nothing like a man. You're a very beautiful lady. You uh, present yourself uh, any way you want to, and that's your prerogative, right? But, you know, I think that will help a lot of women and not just bodybuilding, but overall image, right? You don't have to fit a certain box. And, right. um, and then I, if I may add this, um, when I say, you know, break the taboo, like when women shouldn't look like a man, um, the reason I say that, not that the women shouldn't look like a man, but mm-hmm. um, in in society, usually muscle is related to men. Right. So you have a muscle or when you have muscle, then you look like a man. So when I say men, sh- women shouldn't look like a man, my point was or my comment was referring to having a having muscles so if having having muscles make me look like a man then why not you know like it's like i don't look like a man but i have muscles but that that's gonna is that gonna make me look like a man so like why not even if i have to break the taboo yeah then why not so that's the misconception that i i was referring to when i said women should shouldn't look like a man Um, i was just referring to that muscle part yeah, definitely understood. And that is a misconception that I think you, you've you broken down. You've successfully broken down because no one has said if you're muscular, you should look like a man, you're a man, or a man should be muscular and this and that. So I think by seeing someone very empowered um, and very public like you, you know, a lot of people will be, even men, right, will find some motivation in that to not fit a certain box or what people's uh, – um, perception, right? These, uh, when people say, Hey, if you're muscular, you look like a man, that's their own perception. Maybe even insecurities, right? When they're saying that, because no one has said a woman can't be muscular ever. Um, so I think it's very, um, important that you've highlighted that. Uh, and I'm, uh, I, I fully support that and agree with it. The second part is something that people associate with being a woman, right? having children and living, you know, a life that a lot of people would associate being associate being typical, right? A man cannot have children. Well, being a bodybuilder, I've heard some stupid myth, which I want you to debunk. Um, They say, oh, if you're lifting weights, you may not be able to have children. Well, that's clearly idiotic. It's it's, it's not factual. And, um, you know, you you know, being a mother, I think will also debunk that myth, um, as I'm sure you'll agree. So there's a lot, I think, in your story that will empower people, will show that, you know, whatever myths are out there about whether it be, you know, being in an IT field, you know, male dominated field, whether it be uh, athletics or anything, you know, you can go beyond what this glass ceiling, the supposed glass ceiling is up there. And definitely you've broken through a lot of those. Um, so I think this will definitely inspire uh, people. Um, I do want to spend some time um, just kind of talking through uh, the competition part of it. Mm-hmm. So you've been in some competitions and won, uh, won some awards. So can you tell us about these different competitions and what it takes to actually get to that level. 
Yes. Competition. Um, it is, <laughs> it is tough. It is tough. Um, it is, um, you start prepping, for example, if a show is, um, um, let's say in December, um, this year, then I start prepping probably next month. So it takes, um, you, if you want to do it properly, if you don't want to rush the process, then it, it takes a good six to eight months prepping. So prepping is tough. Um, with my experience, for example, I used to train twice a day. Um, as we're getting closer to the date, um, I have a coach, a professional coach that leads me all the way that, um, calculate my diet, um, my sleep, my water intake, my sodium intake, everything. So I have a professional coach that helps me, um, in the way, um, on the way there, on the way to competition, um, it's taxing. I, I'm not lying to you. It is mentally taxing. It's very, very tough. Um, as you go closer to the date, you, your calorie intake gets down to almost bare minimum. For example, I was operating with 900 calories a day and I'm expected to deadlift and leg press and squat at the same, um, time. So, um, it's tough, but it's doable. Hmm. Um, it's, um, getting up early, um, as I used to get up, um, four o'clock and then I have to do four thirty or five o'clock an hour cardio. And then I get back again, the gym in the evening and then weight train about two hours followed by another hour cardio. Um, the reason for that is you have to lose uh, body fat, um, because you have to be at certain level of body fat, um, when you have, when you, when you're going to have, um, stage ready body, um, there's not a requirement. You have to be 5%, 6%. Um, but you have to have a very low body fat in order for your muscles to show up, um, for your muscles, to, I mean, for, to look dry and hard. So, that is the reason of um, twice a day cardio. So um, on top of that, um, when you are um, carb depleted, for example, your carb carbohydrate intake gets down very low. So when you're carb depleted, you get moody, you get snappy, you sleep deprived, um, your body's tired, you're aching. So prepping is not, <laughs> we call it, it's like going through hell. Um, really, it, it's not. But um, once you stay, when, once you stand on the stage and then when you see your, your work, the result of your hard work, it's very, um, I don't know, I, I don't have a word for that. Even if you don't win anything, that's, you know, when you're able to stand on the stage among with other athletes um it, it is is very rewarding um very rewarding very um satisfying i i just don't have a word for it and yeah. so yeah. i just did two show back to back september and october last year 
and then took a break about a month and then went back to it. Um, right now I'm on off season. My next competition is in October in de December to two, two shows back to back that I am planning on doing. And also um, the division that I am competing right now is figure. So bodybuilding has five, sometimes six different divisions. So starting from bikini, then wellness, then figure, then physique, then bodybuilding. So I'm on the third level where it is figure. Um, it's just showing your, you don't have to be, you don't necessarily have to be big because you're not really hardcore bodybuilder or at the fifth level or the sixth level. I'm at the third level figure. So you don't, you have to have a certain, um, muscle composition, uh, it's just a combination of many things that they see. So I'm there. So sometimes people ask me, but you're not really that big uh, because there are certain expectations or certain requirements for the division that I am competing. So if I'm able to grow more, then I can go to the next level, which is physique. And then if I'm able to grow more, then after that, it would be bodybuilding. So I hope I answer your questions. I'm, I, I know I'm kind of like all over. I mean, I can speak about this the whole day, but I'm sorry if I'm all over. No, so. no, no. Actually, it was very pointed. And uh, but one thing that I think you're being very, very humble about is that you have one. So tell me about the uh, competitions where you were awarded. Um, so what, what were those competitions and what did you place? Okay, so the September um, 18 show, that was the NPC uh, Mid-Atlantic Bodybuilding show, and I was competing in um, Masters, and um, I was placed first among five of us. Um, it was, it was humbling, um, and I was, I was like, I don't think I was ever that nervous because I, at first, when at the um, prejudging, when I was called out, my whole body was shaking. I thought I was going to drop <laughs> at the stage and embarrass myself. And I was just like praying, God, please, please, please. My whole body was shaking. And then um, my coach decided not to show up. And oh, wow. I know whenever he's, he, you know, he is, he might listen to this. And I know I always bring this up and he always teases me and he says, let it go, Eden. Let it go. Forgive. Let it go. And I always bring this up. And he decided not to show up. Of course, there was something family related that he could not show up. So backstage, I was by myself. There was no one who can help me pump. Um, usually you pump um, 15, 20 minutes before you go out on the stage. Um, there are a few things to do, like drink water with salt and there are some tricks. So there was no one who can do that backstage. So I was a little bit nervous. But then, long story short, I was placed first. And then October 9, there was another show I did back to back. Um, I was, um, I competed in three different classes, uh, masters, over 40, um, novice, and then open. Open class is where you can where you compete with um, different um, athletes or different um, athletes that won different 
divisions, not divisions, different class in the same division. So um, I was placed second twice and then third. It was a very, very tough competition because we had some really um, seasoned competitors there. So competing against them was, it's humbling. And then it's, I learned a lot. And then being placed second and third, it was like, uh, I couldn't even believe it. I was so happy. And we were um, 11 at one class, nine, and then seven. So yeah, that's what happened last year. Well, congratulations. Um, I congratulated you then, but I wanted to publicly say congratulations, and that's a great achievement. And just for our listeners, we do have listeners all over the world. So uh, this took place in the United States, correct? These competitions? Correct, yes. Uh, both of both the shows were NPC, that's Mid-Atlantic. So um, the, the October one was actually, it's a little bit higher because it had the IFBB Pro, where it has the professional. Oh, I hope I didn't lose um, my guest, but as you all know, we're doing this live. So uh, we will pause to see if we can get Eden back. Um, and in the meantime, I just want to highlight a couple of things, right? So You've got this extraordinary human being who's a single parent. She has a child with special needs. She is a professional in a male dominated industry, uh, information technology, more specifically, um, uh, cybersecurity. So, you know, she's, she's a bodybuilder. She competes. She goes out there and I've seen some of her competitions and it's quite amazing. It's, uh, uh, people of different backgrounds, from my understanding. Um, Eden, you were coming back. Yep, are you back? Yes, okay. I don't know what happened. I am so sorry. Oh, no worries. This is perfect, right? We talk about it being unfiltered and unscripted. So I'm glad we had that little technical glitch. I'll yes. give an example <laughs> of uh, uh, your body of work. And uh, I did have a question there. So yeah, I believe the, the people that compete, uh, tell me a little bit about it. So it's not just people from one small community or anything like that. It's pretty broad, pretty diverse, correct? Correct. Okay. So, so go ahead. Uh, my, this one, um, specifically the NPC one um, I did back in September was an open show. Open show is a little bit hard because you can also have uh, people who are not natural, of course, you know, this is not a lie. Bodybuilding, you know, divided by two, um, just divided. There are two groups. There's one who takes supplements. There's also natural. So this is, this show is a little bit hard because you are competing against with anybody. Anybody could be taking anything. So coming first on that show was even more humbling. So. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's what I can say. Awesome. And just for our listeners, um, you, where do you, you don't take supplements, right? You, you're all natural. I don't, I'm hundred percent natural. Um, that's why I need to grow more and it, it's hard. Like, you know, um, I was saying I was a hard gainer. 
um, at the beginning, I was saying I'm a hard gainer. Hard gainer is someone who takes longer to build muscle because you're very lean. Um, so I, I am 100% natural. Um, you can tell when you look at me. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I can be very honest with you. Out of frustration sometimes when you're building, you, you know, when you're building takes years, there were times that I consider about it. It's like, there's a shortcut to it. There's, you know, there are so many things out there mm-hmm. I can take and then be in a different show that allow this type of um, competitors. But, but then again, I always think about my son. Um, I, this, this is nothing against supplements. I just want to make that clear. This is nothing. And let's also make clear these are legal supplements. So yeah, these yeah, are legal supplements. yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I'm not totally against it, but it's just not for me because I'm very health cautious. And when I read about different supplements and the side effects, it just freaks me out. It just freaks me out. And then I know my son needs me and I want to live longer life. So I, that just stops me. But this is, again, I have nothing against and I, I, I still respect people that go to that route. It's just not for me. Um, so yes, um, to answer your question again, um, to answer your question, my, my route is 100% natural. Um, I take just normal supplements like vitamins, um, creatine, um, minerals and all that. So, yeah. Awesome. And, you know, just so that we all appreciate, you know, what it means when you say, you know, you, you're going to do, you know, you're going to go lift, right? You do cardio and then you go back and, uh, uh, do weightlifting. Uh, you know, I want to make sure people understand, um, this is not like where, you know, I get off work and go, you know, pump some iron and I'm done. Explain mm-hmm. a little bit what that takes and how you break it down. You're not going there doing, okay, I'm going to do some arm curls and I'm going to do some uh, squats and I'm done. Uh, try to give us a little bit of a picture of what that looks like. So we have an appreciation of what that, because you talked about the cardio, the seven, uh, you know, twice a day, seven days a week, but you know, the body, uh, the weightlifting portion, especially when you're prepping uh, from what I've seen, at least is pretty intense. So can you explain that uh, to us? Yes. So um, every workout or the training is designed. So my coach tra- um, designed that for me. For example, today it was leg day. So I specifically work for leg day. Um, on leg day, I work on my legs. So your quads, your um BMO, your glutes, your um, hamstrings, so specifically leg day. Um, then the next day could be back and shoulders, um, chest and triceps, or chest and arms. It depends. So you, the the goal is to hit the different um, muscle group twice a week. So it gets intense sometimes. So in order to grow. Um, for example, with my my back, I only have one back day because my back tends to take over. My my back is very developed and I don't really have to do a whole lot. Um, I'm very I'm very blessed with that because most people have um, that's what they lack. Um, back is you know being your 
biggest muscle in your body next to your leg. Um, I don't have to, I, I just, I, it just naturally comes that I have a very well-developed back. So that saves me some time to give for my other undeveloped part of my body so I can work on that. So um, while prepping twice a day cardio uh, for fat loss, so cardio is an hour, um, it could be on a treadmill, um, a very uh, fast walk, a very fast walk, very um, fast walk. So you put it like, for example, like six, um, 3.8, incline all the way up to 15 and then walk for an hour, sometimes an hour 15, an hour 20 minutes, um, or on Stairmaster, that is a the Dave Mashin, that's what we call it. It's, it's very taxing. So an hour on a Stairmaster, it's very, very, very difficult. Um, and then you're going to have leg day and then do another Stairmaster another hour again. So this is when I'm prepping. Right now, season, um, I don't do cardio twice a day that I do cardio four times a day. I'm, I'm sorry, four times a week. So after completing my an hour and a half, two hour session, then I hop onto um, treadmill, walk like an hour or on elliptical and then do an hour or treadmill. I'm sorry, um, Stairmaster about 45 minutes. So um, that's what it looks like right now. Yeah. So if my calculation is correct, we're looking at nearly four hours of workout between the uh, Stairmaster, the uh, cardio, the uh, lifting weights, so on and so forth, anywhere from three to four hours is what you dedicate a day. On prep, on prep, on, on prep on time, prep. yes, because an hour cardio in the morning and then an hour cardio after and then an hour to an hour, um, an hour half to two hours weightlifting. So it could be four hours plus driving time. It takes 15, yeah. uh, 15 minutes to get to the gym from where I live. 15 minutes to get there, 15 minutes coming back, so 30 minutes. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, a considerable amount. And I think as we're talking through this, you know, I'm realizing, right, not just the physical, but the mental, right, the uh, preparation that you, that goes into it, where, where you have to even count your calories to the, uh, you know, your meals, um, yeah. you know, leading up to, the stage even right before that you're having to prep before you go out and present. And something else that I noticed is that you even practice, right? Being on okay. heels. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah. Posing was a nightmare for me because I had to hire a different coach for that, a posing coach. And, and then by the way, it's very expensive. Everything in bodybuilding is very expensive. I mean, I used to say that nothing compares to raising a child with um, with autism or special needs child is expensive. You know, when you do occupational therapy, ABA, um, uh, behavioral therapy, speech therapy, yeah. everything, you know, um, it, it's, it's very expensive. But and then try bodybuilding. It, it's like, you know, you have a coach um, and then you, you diet, you know, your meal because you have to you have to eat specific um, type of food because you have to count calories or, or macros. So it's a quality foods that you have to eat. So, and then of course your gym membership um, and then your 
Uh, you have to register for your show. It's it's also expensive, and then you have to have a membership card for um, these big federations, and then um, you have to purchase your competition um, gear, which is the the suit you wear. They they were like running about five hundred twenty dollar a piece. Wow. Um, and then you have your heel, and then you know walking on high heel by itself is it's 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 difficult, but then you have to do your uh, mandatory poses. There are specific poses that you have to hold for a minute. You have to suck in everything and then stop breathing. And not stop breathing, but more like you hold your breath and then flex at the same time and then trying to hold that position with high heels. Um, it's, it's very difficult. And Where does smile on your face? Hmm? With a smile on your face. Do yes, it. you have to put that smile and then try to flex and hold that flex for five minutes and then at the same time smile. It is so painful. Wow. It is so painful. And then I, uh, there were times that I break down at the my coach studio and then cried and I said, I can't do this. I cannot do this. And I, I, I said, I'm just so goofy. And he said, no practice makes you perfect so you have to practice so also um adding 30 minutes practice twice a day so whenever you get a chance you just you know walk by the mirror and then you you hold one mandatory pose and then you have to bring that to the stage and then in front of nine or eight judges you have to hold that pose for a while and the whole time you have to smile so yeah so it is it's very interesting you know what I mean yeah I'm, I'm surprised I I didn't talk about that but yeah you remind me about the posing and everything so yeah that makes it more interesting yeah absolutely and you know I know you've given me a lot of time today knowing especially you know what we talked about how you train and you have a home life work life that you're having a balance so you know before we close out I do want to really thank you for sharing this with us. Not only are you inspiring women, you're inspiring men, boys, girls, black, white, from time management to, you know, a person that may have a, a child uh, with special needs, seeing that, hey, there are things you can do to live a normal life and not let it consume you where you're not present in the moment. Um, mm -hmm. You talked about your professional life where um, th there's a thing called women in coding now, right? So there's a movement behind behind it and trying to get more women engaged and into the field. So your story, I just want you to know the reason I wanted you to share it is not just to promote you, which you definitely deserve the promotion. Um, you're not gaining anything from, you know, promoting yourself, but you're uplifting so many people, maybe even people that didn't know they needed to hear from you. So I want to take this moment to really, you know, highlight your body of work and how impressive and inspirational it is. And, um, you know, whatever, um, uh, you know, you put forth, um, in the future, I know you'll succeed and I just can't wait to see you reach all these different heights. Um, and congratulations on all that you've accomplished. 
So with that said, before we end, uh, is there anything that you want to share or is there any closing statement that you would like to to give? Um, I want to say, you know, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Um, it's doable. Um, it only requires managing your time and being disciplined and everything comes from within. So find that you know motivation or find that strength within you and you can you know they say sky is the limit you can do anything it doesn't matter who you are um what struggles you have what challenges you have in life but with you know that strength you find within yourself you can do anything um and again i say it again if i can do it anyone can do it um just human you know you know what I mean? I'm not a superwoman, but um, anyone can do it. And and then again, I want to say thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Um, I'm very humbled. I'm very humbled. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. You are very welcome and you're always welcome. Uh, you can join and, uh, you know, we'll we'll do a couple more of these hopefully in the future. I wish you the best of luck. And uh, again, uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, listeners, thank you so much. You just heard from Ed and Shifaro Glenn. Um, quite an amazing woman.